Murder in the first degree, premeditated homicide. It was the most serious charge tried in our criminal courts. You have heard a long and complex case, gentlemen, and it is now your duty to sit down and try to separate the facts from the fancy. One man is dead, the life of another is at stake. Around 7 a.m., around 7 p.m. last night, the defendant and his father were heard arguing for the defendant. A boy with experience in knife fighting stormed out. He bought a knife, which was later used to kill his father. The murder was heard and seen by two different people. On the surface, it seems like a straightforward case. With two witnesses and the evidence, how could the boy be anything but guilty? But once you take a closer look, the story begins to fall apart. To our new listeners, welcome to Static. Today, we are looking at a case of a boy who allegedly murdered his father. I am one of your hosts, AJ, the psychoanalyst. My name is Kayla. I am a weapons expert. I'm Bella, the geography expert. And I'm Adeline, our behavior anthropologist. And before we get into the case, today's podcast is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Play with numerous champions and get great rewards. The best part of the game is entirely free to play. Millions all over the world already play, so you know it'll be good. Now back to a regularly scheduled program. Would you remember how many seconds it took for a train to pass, or how long it took to walk out your door? Or how about something you watched on television a month ago? This is what the defendant was asked to recall in this case. The family grew up in the slums, right next to the train shop. Boy was an experienced knife fighter and went to juvie for getting into a knife fight. There was a fight around 7 o'clock one night, and the boy ran out, claiming he went to the movies. Around 12 o'clock that same night, the old man who lived in the apartment below them claimed he heard them fighting again, and the scream of, I'm gonna kill you, before a body hit the floor. There was a woman who lived across the street from them, and claimed that she saw the boy stab his father, just as the L train was passing. Boy seemed guilty, but he bought the same type of knife that that was used to kill his father, originally thought to have been one of a kind. He also couldn't remember the, like, movies he saw earlier that night, and and earlier that night, the boy and his father had a fight. However, there were no fingerprints found at the scene to trace back to the defendant. The knife was not one of a kind, as they thought, and the stab wound was inconsistent with how an experienced knife fighter such as him would stab. Around 7 or 8 that night, the defendant and his father were heard fighting. After that, they both left the apartment building. Supposedly, he bought the switch knife that was later used to murder his father. The first witness was an old man who lived in the apartment below when the murder occurred. He claimed he heard the boy yell, I'm going to kill you, and then heard a body hit the floor. He said that he ran out to the hall and saw the boy running down the stairs. He claimed it took him around 15 seconds to get up from his bed and run out to the hallway. And here to talk about what happened that night is the witness himself. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. What do you remember from that night? I was lying down in bed, and then I heard another fight that of the apartment above me, which belonged, I'm pretty sure, to the boy. Didn't the L train pass by at that time? I do recall that but I was still able to hear the yelling. The train was almost all the way past by then, so it was more of a loud, low grumble instead. 
And you said that you ran out of your home in time to see a boy running down the stairs. Yes, I did. How long would you say it took you to get into the hallway? Probably around 15 to 20 seconds, I'd say. Well, a test was done, and it was said that it would have taken you around more like 40 seconds. Do you think it would have taken that long? It may have. I may not have guessed the amount of time correctly, but it didn't take more than 45 seconds. Okay, thank you for your time. Of course. This testimony seems quite simple at first, but there are a few odd things when you look closer. For example, the old man walked very slowly with two canes, but the jurors themselves checked and it would have been impossible for him to reach the door in 15 seconds. Also, it would have been imp- almost impossible for him to hear the boy yell since the elder was passing by. The noise from the train would have made it nearly impossible to hear any yelling or anything. With the small inconsistencies in the details, it made the old man's testimony untrustworthy. There was a second witness, however, a woman who lived directly across from the L tracks. She claimed that she was in bed and watching the L train go by her window. Between the last two sections of the L train, she said that she saw the shadow of the boy stab his father. She is here as well to talk about what happened that night. What do you remember? Well, all I remember from that night is that I was lying in bed around 12 a.m. like usual, and I was watching the L train pass by the window. Between the last two sections of the train, I saw the window of the apartment across mine, the shadow of the boy stabbing his father. Were you wearing your glasses at the time? I was not because I was going to sleep, but I knew to see clearly enough without them. But are you sure that it was the boy that you saw? I... I cannot be sure, but I do believe it was him. Any doubt that it may not have been the boy? Of course there's doubt, but I do think it was him. Okay, thank you very much for your time. Yes, of course. There was a few issues with the second testimony as well. First, the woman wears glasses, so if she was lying down in bed, she wouldn't have her glasses on. This means there's no real proof that she could have seen the shadows properly nor identified them properly as the boy. Now, at this point, the defendant still needs to be account or needs to account for what he was doing that night. He claims he was, had left the apartment to go to the movies. However, when asked to recount the details, he couldn't remember any of the titles or actors. This makes it hard to believe his testimony. If we take a look at the knife, which is a very solid piece of evidence, you can see that it's very unique and seemingly one of a kind. The boy brought, bought it right before the murder of his father, and a shopkeeper has verified that the boy did do so. The boy claimed that on his way home, the knife fell out of his pocket. The knife, or a very similar one at that, was later found at the scene of the crime, and even though there were no fingerprints on it, it was identified as the murder weapon. However, it was proved that the switch knife, although appearing to be very unique, was not one of the kind as first suspected. This then invalidates the main piece of evidence that proves that the defendant was in fact guilty. With the knife called into question, it makes us start to wonder what other evidence could have been falsified in this case. Make sure to tune in next episode to find out more.